Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. I am your host, Tony Richards. On this Sunday morning, you can hear Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday and every Sunday morning starting at 10 a.m. Brought to you by FM Bank at myfmbank.com or at their location in Hendersonville, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. And we are excited to have as our guest today, Senior Meteorologist Leland Statham of News Channel 5, also a co-host on Talk of the Town. And Leland, thanks uh, very much for joining us this morning. Great to be with you all here. Great to be in this great new facility here in the streets of Indian Lake. How cool is this? Yeah, yeah. We're, you know, we're pretty excited about it. And uh, you're one of our first guests in our new studio. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, you know, I just thought we'd uh, maybe get to know you a little bit. I mean, there are a lot of people that are new to the area, and it's not like you started last week. You have been around a little bit, but maybe you could just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, where you came from, and all that good stuff. All right. Uh, I've actually been in the Nashville area for 26 and a half years. So you're basically a native. Exactly, (laughs) yes, especially with how things are changing these days. I've seen that all pop up. Uh, I've been here in Sumner County now for just over uh, 12 years. But I grew up in West Tennessee, born in Chicago. I uh, was there from. I have to ask. Okay. Was north side or south side? <laughs> uh, I was on the Sox. You know what? I was on the south side, so family was a big uh, okay. White Sox fan, but. I am one since I didn't grow up there realizing you needed to pick one. (laughs) I actually support both. I know you're not supposed to if you're native there. but now every time you tell them where you are, you have to give that answer. Exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) And before the Titans came along, I was a big Bears fan. Me too. Me too. Yep. Uh, But so I uh, was there through the age of five. And then when Mama came back home, my mom and dad were both from West Tennessee. Uh, and so they were high school sweethearts and, and moved to Chicago. Uh, they were there when I was born and when my sister was born. And then once they separated, daddy stayed in Chicago, mama came back home. So everything for me from age five on is really Tennessee and West Tennessee. I see. Okay. Yeah. And then you lived in, well, I guess, where did you end up going to school? I went so, to school in East Tennessee. So I went to, I am a UT grad. Mm-hmm. And so I'm big orange, faithful, despite how things are going with the football team right now. But I am a VFL all the way. And for me, I grew up uh, in West Tennessee, graduated Dyersburg High School, and then went to East Tennessee and went to UT. I, see. Okay. I went there to major in communications. I've always had a love for weather, but early on I was thinking more of the reporting route and the anchor route. So it was always TV, though. It was always it was- TV. That's cool. I can only remember. Where, where did that come from? I, you know what? I don't know. There are only two things I can ever really recall wanting to really do when I grew up. One was acting, and I don't know why. The other one was television news. Now, I, I watch television a lot, way too much. <laughs> uh, but I, even as a high school student, I was a news junkie. So I would watch uh, the the local news in West Tennessee, uh, and we grew up on the Memphis market, so the big names of Memphis I was very familiar with, mm-hmm. and I just grew up watching that and, uh, and watching news. There was no one in my family that had a connection to it, but I just remember thinking, I think I want to do this, and so that was my focus when I left high school and went to UT. And then when you, when you go to UT, or a lot of people don't realize that they're... You know, just because you ended up in weather and that was sort of your passion, um, it doesn't mean you didn't do other things. Because I'm assuming if you did communications, you had to do radio. You probably had to do news. You probably had to do sports. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. All of the above. 
Uh, and again, the, the, the passion and the love for weather goes back to my middle school days. But when I went to UT, it was more about anchoring. It was more about being a reporter. So my degree from UT is a Bachelor of Science in Communications with an emphasis in News and Public Affairs. And so I was very involved with the campus radio station. I was a reporter at the station, an anchor at the station. Actually, I spent one year as news director at the station. Mm -hmm. So everything that I did in college was geared toward me becoming a reporter, becoming a news anchor. Okay, I see. So, but it got you in front of the camera. You got, you know, all the bugs worked out and the, and just the nerves. And, yes. And it is a lot different anchoring the news. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're like me, which you clearly are, as far as just being able to sort of wing it, where for you, the tosses are the fun part. Exactly, yeah. Sometimes it's like, if it's not written down, it's like, really? Just look at me. We don't have to look at that thing. We can just, you know. Right. Yeah, just <laughs> have a conversation. Across a lot of that over your career. Uh, yeah, and, you know, there are people who are great at it, and there are others who are just not, necess- not necessarily as great at it. But what I just try to tell folks is just have a conversation. Let's just chat about what, what yeah. folks at home may be chatting about because we are trying to relate to them as they are getting ready for the day. So uh, tell us about your career after UT, and then you you're out pounding the pavement, uh-huh. and looking, you know, or sending out tapes or whatever you did back then. Yes, because yeah, now people are sending out demo links, yeah. and <laughs> in the world of television or in broadcasting in general, we need a demo of what's up because that uh, person that we're asking for a job, if it's radio, they want to know how you sound. If it's mm-hmm. television, they want to know how you sound and how you look on TV, and the way you do that is not just with a resume, it's a resume a uh, tape or a resume link. And so back in the day, before the internet, VHS and and even before that, you had to do the three-quarter inch tapes because, yeah, yeah. and you had to chop them all up, put them in boxes. Exactly, and and send them out because they were, we were told back then, don't do VHS because that looked cheap and the news director won't like that. And so we were spending money to send these bigger tapes out. Not cheap. Definitely. Snail mail to places all over the country. Let alone, there's only a few places you could record. Exactly right, yes. You know, these guys do it at their house. Throw up a green screen, a screen screen, a virtual set, and it's like, wait a minute, that looks better than our news. Uh (laughs) But yeah, today with social media and the quality of cameras, the quality of cameras on phone, people can do so much. But yeah, back then, it was sending tapes out all over the place, and I sent tapes everywhere. Now, I was blessed in where I ended up as far as a career standpoint. Do you have sort of an area of the country you were thinking about? I want to be somewhere sunny and warm, or I Mm -hmm. want to be in Chicago, or, you know, I mean, well, you usually can't start out in a major market. Right. I sent tapes to where I thought I had a chance. I thought it would be great if I could start closer to home. And so I sent tapes to uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. I sent Mm -hmm. tapes out to Jackson, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Uh, I sent tapes everywhere. I sent them to, to Nebraska because my deal at that point was I am willing to go where I need to to get that first job. And uh, where did you end up? I ended up in Knoxville. I ended up back in Knoxville. Did it take uh, a while to get that first gig or were you still in school when you were you graduated yet or how did that go? I was out of school and it was the summer after graduation. Now I am a big 4 H'er. And so I'm a big uh, proponent of 4-H and the extension program through UT and TSU. 
As a 4-H'er, I spent a couple of years working at the 4-H camp as athletic director in what was a camp in Milan that is now closed down. But I was Mm -hmm. athletic director there for three years uh, during my college time. I wanted to do it one last time before I hit adulting and had to do everything that came along with that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't necessarily want the job until after the summer was over with. So I went back home, I worked at uh, the 4-H camp, worked at Piggly Wiggly and some other grocery stores in West Tennessee. And it wasn't until fall of that year that I got a phone call from the assistant news director at W. what was then WTVK Channel 26 in Knoxville. That station is now WVLT Channel 8. So you were able to have that summer and it kind of worked out exactly the way you hoped but it I mean, worked out yes flip when it was Knoxville like I'm sorry uh-huh what market yeah now but here's the deal on that because it wasn't what I wanted and I was looking for a job as a reporter or an anchor mm-hmm. this station called me up and said hey we know you want are thinking about on air but we have this job as a photojournalist, kind of a one-man band. Yeah. And well, that would was you probably be- when one-man bands were just kind of starting. And, yes. Because they're used to, you know, i got somebody to drive the truck, i got a cameraman, i got uh-huh. me. It's like, wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and before the cameras were so light. Because yeah. you remember the day oh, when yeah, it was yeah. a huge camera on one shoulder, and I joke, the tape deck as heavy as a woman's purse <laughs> yeah. on the other shoulder. And so uh, a lot of. That's why I'm in broad, uh, yeah. radio. <laughs> <laughs> and so my first uh, news director, an assistant news director, called me up and said, Hey, would you be interested? Now, this is where the power of internships come into play. And okay, I tell them. up all you college students. Exactly. And, and I tell them, before you come out of college, whether it's television, radio, get an internship and do well at that internship because I didn't know this job was open. I see. Hey, I want you to hold that thought. Okay. We're going to go to our first break. I want to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about internships, how they're important, not just from the learning, but from the relationships. Okay. Because now all of a sudden you're meeting people in the business. Big, big, important part of internships. And we are talking this morning with meteorologist Leland Statham of News Channel 5 and co-host of Talk of the Town, senior meteorologist. And we're going to be back with more of the program, Sumner County Spotlight, after these messages from FNM Bank at myfmbank.com and 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Hey, do you need a guide through the ever-changing world of mortgage loans? Let FNM Bank help. Our mortgage loan specialists are trained to guide you through this process. Visit us at myfmbank.com today. FNM will help you start your home buying journey on the right track. Equal housing lender. Back with Sumner County Spotlight, I'm your host, Tony Richards, with uh, Leland Statham, the uh, senior meteorologist at Channel 5 in Nashville, is with us this morning. And just before the break, uh, Leland, we were talking about internships. So if you want to kind of go into that again, because it is important, probably in anything outside of media as well, Mm -hmm. but there's some huge benefits. Yes. For anybody looking to do to make a career of something, no matter the business, get an internship. Now, on radio and television, it's often unpaid, but you're getting experience that can lead to that job. So for me, I did two internships when I was at UT in Knoxville. And one was at what was then Channel 26, WTVK. That station is now WVLT, Channel 8 in Knoxville. I did an internship there, and then I went across the street to the ABC station in Knoxville at WATE and did an internship there. 
For me, and usually in the broadcasting side, you may look into one or two where there's a paid internship, but usually Mm -hmm. you're getting college credit. Right. And so I did that internship, and I... You know, I had so already they knew you. They knew me, and I'd already had the radio background. So I think having the radio background from the campus station was very instrumental in me being able to do more and allowed to do more. They would sometimes send me out with just a photographer to go shoot an interview with uh, that person, and then I would come back, and they would let me write. They didn't necessarily let me voice the story, but they let me write the story because they were comfortable with what I was able to do. And then you just had an anchor do their VO. Exactly. And and I did it on weekends, too. And and here's a key. If you're able to do weekends, they usually are shorter staffed, and so you get the opportunity to do more on weekends. And so I I, apparently did very well with that internship, made good impressions, because when this station was then looking for a photojournalist, they called me up out of the blue and said, hey, look, uh, we know you. We know that you have an interest in being on camera, but we have this position for you. Would you be interested? And I said, yes. There was no thinking about it because I... At that point, thought I can use this to get my foot in well, the door. It was a full time job in a major market. Exactly, big deal. Because yes. a lot of people, and I hate to say, I'm from a smaller market, mm-hmm. um, is sort of the farm team for markets like yours. Yeah. So if you can start there, you know, you're not going to start at the 6 p.m. anchor position. Right. Exactly. But you're, you know, there, there's a couple of different paths you could take, and that was a, a probably a really good move. It was a really good move, and then, you know, the station was a number three station in terms of ratings. Uh, it was the number three station versus the other two, but again, we were in Knoxville. You had a big football team that you were getting to cover. It was a decent-sized market as far as the city of Knoxville was concerned, and I knew the city. And so I took that job, and it allowed me to be able to, as a one-man band, I would do a lot of stuff on my own. Now, a couple of days a week, I might have a reporter with me, and so I would go with that reporter, shoot, Mm -hmm. and then I would edit the stuff for for, for that person. But then on the weekends, I was often a one-man band, and so I could hone my writing skills just a little bit. So I was at that station for a year before I moved across the street to the ABC station. I see. So then you could start doing a little VO on the weekends and things, Mm -hmm. you know. Yes. Because often, on weekends, I was often, uh, they often just sent me out by myself. And so I would go out, I would shoot the story, I would come back and write the, the, the story, edit the story. And that served me well when I went across the street. But it was because of my time as an intern at that station they felt comfortable with me, and they said, look, I didn't even have to do an interview. They just called right. me up and said, hey, they knew you. if you want the job, the job is yours. That's cool. And that was the power of that internship. So how did you end up across the street then? Uh, better, I'm assuming something that's not a videographer. Well, well, it was a little bit of both. All right, I was at that station for a year and just thinking I wanted to do more. They had an opening for a temporary weekend weather person. And I went... The weather was okay with you. You were like... Weather was okay because I'd always had this love for weather. Right. And even in college, I thought I might have a job where I might be a weekend weather person somewhere. And maybe I'm weekend weather and a reporter a couple of days a week. Mm -hmm. So that, that thought was always there. And they had an opening for a 
temporary weekend weather person. And what happened was uh, Topper Shutt, who is now chief meteorologist at a at the CBS station in Washington, D.C., he was the chief. He left. The weekend person moved in, and they needed somebody to do weekends for a while. Until they figured out what they wanted to do. Yes, and they were, they were going to hire a new chief meteorologist, but they needed somebody to do so weekends. So that's like getting an at-bat. Yes, Try, Jim, getting Jim an at-bat, yes. <laughs> but the problem for me was the news director who didn't allow me to audition. I just said, I want, I want to audition. I didn't say, I didn't, give me the job. Can I audition for this job? And I was told at that station, nah, we don't think you can really handle this. And so, you know, didn't raise a fuss or anything like that. So when there was an opportunity across the street, they had an opening yeah. for a weekend assignment editor. And so I went, interviewed for the job. The news director didn't know me because he was brand new. I got you. But the people that I interned with like, all hey, said, yeah. And, yeah. And so that led me to becoming weekend assignment editor at the uh, at the ABC station in Knoxville. And what the, the setup was there at that time, I was weekend assignment editor, but I was still shooting a photojournalist a couple of, day, a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how did that progress uh, at that station, at the ABC affiliate? Then they had an opening for a weather person. And so instead of asking somebody, I thought, I'm just going to do my own audition. So the control room folks were cool. The weekend anchor. Fire up the lights. Let's go. Let's go. And so I did an audition, and I gave it to the chief meteorologist at that time, a guy by the name of John Gerard, and he liked it. And, and, And he didn't give the tape back to me. He just left me a note saying, I think you have some potential. I've given it to the news director. The news director liked it. Now, he didn't like it well enough to give me that job, Mm -hmm. but he did like it well enough for me to start filling in on the weather. So he's creating a bench, giving you experience. Exactly, yes. And so I would fill in usually on the morning show, usually on the weekend shows, but the more I did that, the more I thought, you know what? I think this goes to the point of when you're in the door. That you, it sounds like you're the kind of guy that is willing to do anything, mm-hmm. and and that is extremely important. Yes. Again, in any job, look, this guy's versatile. He gets it. He's done this. He's done this. He's done this, and he's done this. It makes you more valuable. Yes. I think as an employee for anyone. No, I agree, and I think it made it made me more well rounded on what. The operation of the station, the operation especially of the news department, that I was willing to to come in, take this position, and then work my way up into doing other things. And that's what I tell students today because sometimes, not everyone, but sometimes with some of the younger ones now, they only want to do this, they only Mm want to do that. And so if you don't give me this, then I'm going to go work somewhere else. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And so at that station, I started filling in on the weather. The more I did it, the more I liked it. And I thought to myself, as I think about making really doing the weather aspect of it, I need to know more about weather. So you were getting into it then. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this is sort of the path I'm going to continue on. Yes. Because I assumed you didn't have a meteorological degree when you graduated. No. So... Which is pretty normal mm-hmm. because you didn't know that's what you wanted to do. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. I did take a meteorology class at UT, and that's, the UT does not have a meteorology program. Mm-hmm. So I took a class that, uh, that they had, and I decided if I'm going to do this, I need to know more about it. So a couple of things happened along the way. 
I got enough experience at WATE in Knoxville that I was able to get a job as the weekend weather person at WCYB in Bristol, Virginia. Okay. So I moved to the Tri-Cities. Okay. And while I was up there, this is where I took a job as weekend weather person, nightside reporter a couple of days a week. While I was there, I found out about a great program that Mississippi State has. They've got a great on-campus program, but they may have been one of the first. I'm not sure if they were the first, but I know they were among the first to offer distance learning and meteorology. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. and Which is not easy, by the way. No. Especially if you're full-time. You know, you're working weekends. You're working three days a week, probably Monday through Friday sometime. Yes. And yeah. And back then, you know, now it's all easy because I won't say easy. It's easier because it's all at your fingertips. Yeah. Back then, maps everything. Ma- yes. You know, this is look at diagram four. You're clicking onto another browser uh-huh. window. Uh, yeah. And trying to get up enough just oomph to pop in the lecture because the lectures then were on VHS. Oh, they went right. from VHS, yeah. then they so went to DVD. To yes, at the beginning oh, gosh, of the semester, yeah. I got this now huge box. Now we know why you're called senior meteorologist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> senior, senior is the old part. <laughs> but every uh, at the beginning of every semester, there was this box of tapes that came in, and it was the lecture. And so you had to just kind of get, oh, I'm, so, I'm tired, I've worked. But you, you had to get into it and do it because you had to make sure you were ready for the exams when they were taking them on campus. It wasn't exams right. at my leisure. I got you. You had to take the exams Woo. during when midterms were happening on campus. You had to take them. And so I had to find a proctor where they would send the tapes to that proctor, send the exams to that proctor. And so they told me. We're sending them to the proctor. If you don't take the exams or schedule them during that week, the proctor has been instructed to send them back to us with, and just mark a zero on them. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. Okay. And so, so I had to be ready for exam week, for midterms, and for finals. It was challenging on the road. Then. Yeah. Or, well, you were considered a road student. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. We're talking with Leland Satum. He is the uh, senior meteorologist at Channel 5 in Nashville. And we're glad you're here, Leland. And uh, we're going to come back and talk to you a little bit more right after these messages on Sunday on, excuse me, on Sumner County Spotlight brought to you by uh, FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and myfmbank.com. Hey, do you need a guide through the ever-changing world of mortgage loans? Let FM Bank help. Our mortgage loan specialists are trained to guide you through this process. Visit us at myfmbank.com today. FM will help you start your home buying journey on the right track. Equal housing lender. And we are back with Sumner County Spotlight with our guest this morning, Leland Statham, the Senior Chief Meteorologist at Channel 5 in Nashville. And Leland, uh, so, you know, it's not like a lot of people, well, maybe some do now, go to college specifically for meteorology that wasn't your path you did lots of different things leading up to this point and now you're getting your degree in meteorology so when did all that happen and and did it have a pretty big impact on your career it had a nice impact on my career so i started the route of distance learning through mississippi state now mississippi state has a great on-campus program 
They have a great off-campus program for people who already have a degree. So I didn't have to do the four-year degree. What I have is a certificate of broadcast meteorology from Mississippi State. And so they set it up so since I was working in television, it's kind of set up on the applied operational approach. So that gets you in. It's almost like uh, a uh, graduate Exactly, yes. Yeah. And so it was then a two and a half year program. It's now a three and a half year program. But again, it's geared toward folks who are already working in television. And usually it's set up where you're taking two classes a semester for three and a half years. And then once you're done, you are in great shape. You're, you become the meteorologist once everything is yeah, said. See, done I, with. Think, I don't think people realize how, what kind of a commitment that is. I think they it's think, oh, well, you know commitment. what? We're going to go online for six months and I'm going to get my little certificate. Not the case. No. uh Uh-uh. And, you know, Mississippi State has a great program, but for folks who are, let's say you've got somebody listening who is a high school student now who has an interest in this, Mm -hmm. I tell them several different colleges to look at. Number one, Mississippi State is great. University of Tennessee Martin now has a program. So somebody in high school now Looking at this, well, I wish if you would only known that, or if they would have had that back. Well, they've had that back then, because when I was graduating high school, my two choices were UTM and UTK. Mm-hmm. Western Kentucky. And Mama wanted uh, the closer one. Mama so, wanted the closer uh, one. They yeah. always do. They do. <laughs> Western Kentucky has a great program. And so for people with an interest in uh, meteorology, check out Western Kentucky. And folks in northern Middle Tennessee, there is this what we call kind of a gentleman's agreement. So people in northern Middle Tennessee can go to Kentucky on an in-state tuition. Oh, that's You cool. can't, the, the, the hope lottery money won't follow you, mm-hmm. but they try to work with you. And it's a similar deal. There's some of the students in southern Kentucky who can go to a couple of Tennessee schools on an in-state tuition as well. So mm-hmm. they've got a pretty great setup there. And if you want to know about other colleges that offer programs, hit me up uh, on social media with an email. Uh, there are several great colleges across the country that do very well in television, meteorology, and meteorology in general. TV okay. meteorologists, we're the smallest part of the pie. We are the most visible part of the weather right, pie, exactly. but we are a smaller part of that weather community. Well, and I think people, uh, they know that there's radars and, and, and NOAA weather radio sta- or NOAA stations around the area, but they probably don't realize how many. I mean, exactly. Every yeah. ounce of this country is covered. I mean, mm-hmm. they are uh, really professional. And you probably have relationships with a lot of these people, right? Yeah. The, uh, here in town, there is the National Weather Service office in Nashville or officially out at Old Hickory, Old Hickory Lake. And there is a great relationship between us and between them. Number Number one, when you see that weather warning on your television set, the local TV person did not issue that warning. My job, our job on the TV side is to help relay that information. It's the folks at the National Weather Service office uh, at O'Hickory who actually issue the warnings. That's right. There's a sort of a daisy chain effect that goes on with all the broadcast radio and television stations. So we monitor other stations, their primaries, and and then we know when to get it out um, as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And the severity of that um, dictates how often you're going to want to break in. Right. 
And with tornado warnings, our, our rule is we break in. No matter what. No matter yep, what, we break in. Exactly. And then we decide. And you're going to hear it more than once. Exactly, yes. <laughs> going to hear it more than once. And because part of that is repetition. Sometimes people say, well, you've just said this over and over again. But part of it's repetition. The other part of it is if somebody is in their closet trying to get information, they want you to repeat it over and over. Yep. Now, the person who's not impacted, they may not care. Right. They may be calling but us saying bad things. But there's viewers <laughs> coming in and out, in and out, in and out. Yes. I mean, it, the audience just turns over so much mm-hmm. that you do. You right. do have to repeat it. And so our job is to relay that information. If it's a watch that watch is coming out of Oklahoma from the Storm Prediction right. Center. But as you mentioned, there's a daisy chain. And so our job is to provide information to help people try to stay safe no matter where they happen to be. So now you're in Virginia. Okay, mm-hmm. so And you end up with your degree while you're still in Virginia then? Uh, I am wrapping up. Interesting thing in Virginia. So I went to Bristol, Virginia, Tri-Cities. And so we were one of three stations up there, Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City. At that time, every city had a station. So I was at WCYB, Bristol, Virginia, and I was there when I started school. Now, I went to the news director and I said, hey, I am doing this thing through Mississippi State. Would you pay for it? I'm sure that it's important for them. It's important, but what they did was they came to me and said, all right, let me talk to management They came back and said, once you are done, we will write you a check for half the cost. Sweet. Yeah, sweet. I'll take it. At the point, at that moment, though, I was thinking, oh, I was hoping you kind of pay for it along the way. But I thought, you know what? I'll take this. Yeah. It worked to my advantage down the line because I was still wrapping up that program when Channel 5 called me. Ron Howes, our longtime chief meteorologist who retired about three years ago, called me up one day out of the blue and said, hey, we've heard some nice things about what you're doing up there. Send us the tape. So it goes back to that tape we were talking about earlier. Right. So I sent a tape to News Channel 5 and to, to Ron Howes, and a couple of months went by, didn't hear anything, and then he called me back out of the blue again and said, we've, uh, we've narrowed this down to three people. We want to bring you in for an interview. And so they brought me down. They offered me the job. Now, going back to what Channel 5 Bristol told me on writing the check, well, had they written me the check, I might have been committed to stay up there for a while. Right. And so I was able to come to Nashville without any restriction. So I was in Nashville when I finished up the meteorology program at Mississippi State. Okay. Um, so this is the, sort of an important piece because a lot of um, radio and television personalities sort of chase market size. Mm-hmm. You made a conscious decision to go to a smaller market. Yes. Not a lot of people would do that because they, for fear, they may never get back. Mm-hmm. So you you had the um, certain certainly big benefit of starting in a major market with not a lot of people get to do right. And then you chose to go there because of the different opportunities, mm-hmm. and then it kind of worked back yeah. again in your favor. So it's just interesting. Um, a lot of people, whether it's their egos or whatever, they they just can't relinquish. So they end up doing something at a station or a market that they don't really want to be in because they don't want to give up that big mm-hmm. the major market. Yeah. And, and you, you didn't have, seem to be nervous about that I, at all. I was not nervous. I was more nervous about will the audience accept me because now I it was the first time I was being hired to be on air. 
ATE Knoxville allowed me to fill in. But this was the first time I was being hired to be on air. Mm-hmm. So there was never any hesitation about dropping market size. It was all right. Get now, on the air. Get, getting on the air. And will the audience up there accept me? And, and I was going to a smaller market, but I was going to what was then the dominant number one station in the Tri-Cities. And I was mm-hmm. going up to do weekends. But things went well. So well that when the weekend morning news craze started, they asked yeah. me, hey, will you be the co-anchor of our weekend morning? So what they were asking me to do was stay weekend nights but will you co-anchor our weekend morning show? Well, there are definitely more opportunities in television than there used to be as Tell far as local yes. because, you know, before it was just, you know, news, maybe a co-anchor, sports and weather, nights, period, and a weekend break. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. And now we're talking these guys get up at four. Well, I don't know what even want to talk about when you get up, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh-huh. These, these different – you're the you're – the, the primary guy, you're in the you're in the primary slots now, but you, I'm sure, weren't from the get go. You had to pay those dues, get up, and some people love that that shift too. That's great, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, no. When uh, I w- I went up there, and, and even now, you know what I tell people about my my career at News Channel Five is when I started at the station, my job was to do weather for News Channel Five, and so everything I did in Bristol helped lead me to get the job in Nashville. But when I started in Nashville, it was to do weather for News Channel 5. We were doing weekend morning, so they knew I was comfortable with doing a split shift and doing weekend mornings and weekend nights. So that okay. allowed me to come here. So it was, a, you know, a long day on Saturday and It was Sunday a long day. And, but again, it's uh, clearly been worth it. Oh, exactly. It was worth it because I, I came here, so I, I get the chance to, to then come to a top 30 uh, television market. I would do weekends, so I would do 12 hours on Saturday, 12 hours on Sunday. I would go home and sleep between the newscasts, try to go to church on Sundays yeah. uh, between the show, and then I would work two other days during the week. So I did that for about six years, and because of the success, That's yeah, ridiculous. it was a long, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, is anything going to break <laughs> But the fact that you've stayed, how long have you been at Channel 5? Uh, 26 and a half years. Well, I mean, how many people can say that? Yeah. Not very no. many. No, not at all. Cause, and now in, I, I've seen the market change, and so with the number of people who have come in and out of the national market, and just from mm-hmm. a television standpoint, you know, it's hard to say, and it's hard at times to realize it, but... There is only one weather person who's been in the city longer than I have, well, and I, Davis long. is the dean yeah. of all of us. But but really, um, as far as overall personalities mm-hmm. on TV, you've, you've got to be like top three or by now, or I mean, just as far as recognizability and being in the market, regardless whether you're doing news, sports, weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got nice longevity. I've had great success here, and I think that success allowed me to do some other things. So in the it was 99, I moved to the morning show. So I've been on the News Channel 5 this morning since uh, 99. You know, it's really interesting depending on what your life is about, mm-hmm. whether you have kids or you're married or you're not married. Um, some people absolutely adore the mornings. Um, yes. I'm kind of a morning dude myself, so I did mornings for 15 years. So uh, I didn't have to get up quite as early as you. <laughs> see, the big difference, you have to look good. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, radio guys were like, hey, okay. uh-huh. I, did I put pants on today? I think so. <laughs> but, um, so when you were talking about uh, you were hoping, which is a very genuine statement, that the audience likes you. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about that a little bit? There's Nobody does more research probably than media. Uh, so they have this thing where they can uh, – everybody's heard maybe – Q score exactly. Right? You know, can you tell us just how that works and and how often do you, I mean? Because you know, it is a visual medium. Mm-hmm. You're going to be judged yes. whether you like it or not. Tall, short, thin, fat, bald, not. But you know, I mean, it's just, right. it's just human nature. Mm-hmm. But you do have to be likable. There has to be a likability there, and stations do research on it, some more often than, than others. But in this market, every station does research, and we call that Q ratings. And the Q ratings is, is, is your likability. And what happens is the company that station A, station B, station C uses will call people up and maybe have a conversation with that person and say, hey, you know, what do you think of anchor such and such? What do you think of sports person? What do you think of the, the, the meteorologist? And they may ask it a couple of different ways. They may say, name a weather person. Name a news anchor. you're even recognized yes. over time, yeah. And then from that, they will go into, I'm going to give you some names. I'm going to give you the name of Rory Johnston. I'll give you the name of our evening person, Bree Smith. What do you think of that person? And then number one, do they recognize that person? And then the first thoughts to come to that, that viewer's mind. And so there becomes this Q rating. And not only are we doing it for everybody on our station, we're doing it for most of the right. talent in town. Because you do have to know what your competitors are doing. Exactly. I mean, it's like playing a football game or something. You mm-hmm. need to know their defense or this or that or the other um, so that you can then adjust. So of the shifts you've done over your career, and I'm sure you've done them all, mm-hmm. um, what what do you like the most? Is this your the, your favorite place to be? And if so, why? Or is there other things you'd, you'd still like to? You know what? I am blessed to be able to do what I do, and I like the shift that I have. So I've uh, when Ron Howes retired, he retired uh, in May of 2016, he now jokes, I retired <laughs> and two people didn't want my shift. Because I had the opportunity to move to Nightside. But you also knew people who had done that. Yes. It's a huge lifestyle Mm -hmm. change. Exactly. And especially when there is family involved. For me, yeah, I'm not there with my family when they start their day. But you're but there when they come home. I, I'm there when they come home. I get to have evenings with them. Now, my daughter is now 24 and living out of state. My son's a senior and graduating at Beach. Yeah, but when you're raising them. Yeah, you get to, have, you get to be there. Uh, they were uh, both in plays at Beach High School. Uh, and you, son, when you go on a date with your spouse, you can go at night. You can go at night. <laughs> hey, we're going to go somewhere at 10 in the morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you don't have to try to squeeze that in between the 6 o'clock newscast yeah. and the 10 o'clock newscast. And so you get to have evenings with them. So when Ron left, they came to me and asked me about what I wanted to do. And my wife and I had a discussion about it, prayed about it. And I said, you know what? I think I want to stay on the morning show. So when that happened, Charlie Neese, who was our weekend, longtime weekend evening guy, he had the opportunity to go Monday through Friday night side. But he said, Leland, you know, my son's playing football. I was at his football game and saw him make a touchdown. Had I been doing Ron's shift, I might not have seen that. So. But you've done those evening shifts. Yes, I've done the evening shift, and 
it, it works different for everybody. There are others, right. the people who are doing evenings now, they love it. Bree had been doing mornings in St. Louis yep, yep. and wanted to be able to have sure. an evening shift. And so for me, mornings work great for me and my family, and so I love what I do. But it's a testament to Lynn and everybody at Channel 5 that they'll – and with seniority comes a few things. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yes. you know, they're going to stick with you. Yes. I mean, that's just the way it is, and you've earned it. And uh, it's great that they're – you know, because some people say, well, if you're not going to take that gig, we're going right. to go ahead and look for somebody who will. And the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that morning shows on television, local news morning shows, have come a long way. In the early days, they were just kind of throwaway shows. Yeah. You know, we're just going to rip and read from what was on the 10 o'clock news. Different. Yes. So when I started on our morning show, or when I started at our station, we were starting at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then it moved to 5.30, and then it moved to 4 a.m. But it used to be just more or less ripping and reading from the night before and using network packages. But every station in town has not just one, but several. We have two or three different morning reporters. We used to have one producer for our morning show. We now have a producer for each hour of our morning yeah. show. And you never knew what you'd walk into. Did anybody prep anything overnight? Or I start, exactly, I yes. Start from scratch. Uh-huh. So um, uh, we are talking with uh, Leland Statham. He is the senior meteorologist at Channel 5 in Nashville on uh, Sumner County Spotlight. We are up against a break here, so we're going to come back and talk to Leland a little bit more. Maybe we'll dive into the weather a little bit. We haven't really gotten into that. All right. We've talked a lot about broadcasting, but... Uh, um, there's a whole lot to what you do, and you probably can't go anywhere without somebody mentioning uh, it's your fault for it's too hot, it's too cold, it's whatever. So, that's part of the thing that comes with it. Exactly. Uh, so we're going to come back with more of uh, Sumner County Spotlight and our guest, Leland Statham, in just a moment right after these messages. And again, thanks to our sponsor, F&M Bank, on uh, Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Hey, do you need a guide through the ever-changing world of mortgage loans? Let F&M Bank help. Our mortgage loan specialists are trained to guide you through this process. Visit us at myfmbank.com today. F&M will help you start your home buying journey on the right track. Equal housing lender. And we are back with Sumner County Spotlight this morning, brought to you by F&M Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and myfmbank.com. And we were are, are talking with Leland Statham. And Leland, uh, we appreciate you spending the morning with us. Thank you. And, Good to be here. And uh, we've kind of touched on all kinds of things. And we've got two segments left. I don't really think we've talked about the weather yet, <laughs> Maybe, which is a nice break for you. But uh-huh. why don't we kind of dive into that? Let's just talk, first of all... Extremely hot. So it was just a weird year. You know, yes. it, Nashville seems to be a market of extremes. Mm-hmm. It rains for two months straight. We get, you know, 19, 21 inches of rain the first two months of the year. And then we're thinking we're never going to see the sun again. And now it's like the sun will never go away. <laughs> I feel like we're all on mercury right now. It's it's like been in the mid-90s for, it seems like, three months straight. And yes. I just looked at the forecast this morning. Sun, sun, sun. I mean, are we in Phoenix or what's going on here? Uh, we've just had this extremely hot September. We have gone from, you're right, extremes. The early part of the year, back in February, we were dealing with a lot of flooding. Uh, there were parts of uh, June and July where there was a lot of rain. And we're at a situation right now where if it did not rain another drop between now and the end of the year, we would finish the year even Isn't as far as precip is concerned. That is insane. Yeah. Because we got it all so early. We got it all so but early. What I'm thinking about, I do remember a few years ago, I was driving around um, 40 and Whitebridge Road, and uh, I was just cruising along. I mm-hmm. see a fire on the side of the road. Yeah. 
I'm like, what? And I called the fire department, and then all of a sudden they're all there. And man, I was shocked how fast that thing grew. <laughs> but and just this week, I've been thinking, man, if we don't get something, I'm a little. They just put some burn bans out today, didn't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, there are quite a few communities and a couple even in Sumner County. I've go check the, the the Hendersonville website or the Sumner County website uh, to see. But I know that there are a host of communities now that have put out burn bans. There was one that even put out, I think, southern. Uh, south of Nashville, maybe Spring Hill or somewhere in Williamson County, even did an irrigation ban. Is is that between NOAA and the fire department, or who who? How does that one come about? Where's you that? know what the I, the burn bans are is actually done by cities. The state can do its own. Now the state has its own uh, geologist and climatologist and climate department, so they work in conjunction with the weather service. They're looking at the same data that NOAA is putting out, and then they decide based on what's happening in their community whether or not there's a burn ban that needs to be issued. Now at this point, we've gone from last September being the sixth wettest on record as far as the month of September, that if nothing changes, this could be the driest September on record. Now, it's not out of the ordinary for September and October to be dry. Those are some of our drier Mm -hmm. months of the year. But you throw in the 90-degree heat uh, that we've had, and it's just baking that soil that's out there. So local governments, in conjunction with NOAA, in conjunction with what's happening with the state, will look at what's what's happening in their own community and then decide whether or not a burn ban needs to be put in place. Well, actually, the day we're recording this, it actually feels slightly cooler for the first time, and I can't even remember. Uh But um, as a meteorologist, I'm assuming there's some natural instincts, and so this this heat wave goes on, and it's now now it's not raining. Now we got heat and no rain. Does your radar start going up after you know maybe a week or two ago, and you're like, if this doesn't change, mm-hmm. I mean, is that kind of a thing you know you think what about? we you start going? I need to be a little more on red alert that something bad could be happening. What well, from my standpoint, we're just kind of looking day to day, week to week. All right, so we've got our friends at uh, NOAA and at the state who are kind of looking at long-term issues that may be developing with this or, you know, if there's going to be a forest fire or will brush fires become more likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're keeping an eye on that part of it. But when they come to, to, to me, they're wanting more information about what's going to happen for me when I dress the, the day, what's going to happen over the next several several days. We are keeping an eye in the back of our mind on the long-term setup, what may happen between now and the end of the month, what happens if we continue this into the month of October. So there are some issues like that that we're watching, uh, but we kind of leave more of that into the hands of our friends at the the weather service of the state, and then we dictate coverage based on issues or bans that they may put in place. Okay. So we talked about some extremes, and it would would probably not be a good interview if we didn't bring up climate change. Mm -hmm. Um, Very political thing. Yes. Um, although very scientific thing. Mm-hmm. So there's there's people on both sides of the aisle, and that and everybody gets all worked up about it. And a lot of money is getting made on it, so that's fine. <laughs> but um, just from a, a meteorological perspective, you do this every day. Yes. You've done it for 28 years, 26 years, whatever. And, you know, where where are you on that, and is it something you kind of got to keep up on? And yeah, I, I try to stay on top of what's going on. I try to do some reading on it just so that I can better educate myself more than anything. And then when questions are asked, 
uh, I, I can at least have a little bit more information on it. Uh, for me, as far as climate change, I believe in climate change. Now, you can go back and forth in the debate, man-made or natural cycle or things like that. But if you look at what's happening across the country, if you look at what's happening in the Arctic, North Pole, South Pole, you have to, in my honest opinion, I look at that and go, climate change is there. It can get extremely political. But what a lot of us in the weather world are trying to do is say, just take the politics out and just the facts. Yeah. And we just had hurricanes uh, in the Bahamas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with the intensity. With the intensity, with hurricanes, maybe tornadoes. Now, what you can't do is you can't necessarily take one specific event and go, all right, that happened because of climate change. This tornado happened because of climate change or this hurricane happened because of climate change. But you can maybe look at a trend and were hurricanes stronger? Are more of them stronger? Are there more stronger EF5 tornadoes that are happening? Mm -hmm. Can you then look at several of those and go, okay, here's a trend that can we connect the dots back to climate change? Isn't it, isn't it too partly maybe it's just the social media? Everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got an opinion. Um, it's just more information is accessible than it ever used to be. Yes. I mean, no, you know, you'd be playing in your backyard and there's a tornado. You didn't know. Yeah. Nobody knew anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, let's now, take where we're at. all of this data and all of this stuff, you guys can pinpoint down to the neighborhood. Yes. Well, street-level tracking will allow us to be able to pinpoint tornadoes to a particular streets. So we can go to, to Water Street in, in Gallatin. We can go to Drake's Creek in Hendersonville. We had great technology tracking the 06 tornado as it made its way across Stones Creek, uh, 12 Stones Crossing, Mansker Farm, Vol State, See, Fairview Plantation. It's so incredibly uh-huh. helpful yeah. to have that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fantastic. They, it's people, they, yes. you're speaking in terms they understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know exactly where it yes. is. But let's take where your radio station is now. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go back 30 years. Mm-hmm. So go to where the streets of Indian Lake is sitting now. 30, 40 years ago, tornado comes through, only the cows are seeing it, maybe. Yeah. All right? Uh, you take Fairview Plantation, a tornado there 40, 50 years ago, only the cows are seeing it. So more technology. TV stations have cameras in many places now. We have a camera in downtown Gallatin, and so we're, we're able to see stuff happening with that. Everybody now, everybody, their mama and the dog has a phone with a camera on it and pretty good cameras. Yeah, and you got radar at your fingertips. got radar at our fingertips. So stuff that the Nashville tornado in 98, we had Skycam, and so we could see it happening, but some of the other tornado video didn't come in until the next day. The Gallatin tornado, thanks to email, we were getting pictures of it as it was happening. And so you've got more people in more places see that. So are there necessarily more tornadoes happening? I can't say that because you've got more people in more places seeing it. Mm-hmm. Are some of them stronger? Are more of them stronger? Then we can go back and look at that and maybe make a connection uh, to climate change. But you can't necessarily say that more tornadoes are happening because of climate change just because of the fact Again, you've got better technology. You've got more folks in more places where these things may happen. And so damage going on in the streets of Indian Lake today 
would be very different than a tornado coming through here 20 years ago. Right. So when something, when it starts hitting the fan, um, do you, um, I'm, number one, I'm sure you, you talk with your fellow compatriots at the, at the TV station. Um, when is it sort of all hands on deck? Does that ever happen very yes. much anymore? Uh, the 06 tornado, all hands were on deck. Usually our setup is we can get a look at what may happen four or five days down the, down the line, sometimes even longer than that. So when we are a day or two out, we begin to talk, all right, do we need because, additional? Because the conditions are, yes, are changing. Yes, because conditions are changing. Here is the time frame. Instead of having just me in the mornings or Bree at night or Henry and Heather on the weekend, our weekend meteorologist. Do we need to bring them in so that there can be team coverage? And so we begin to do this all hands on deck type of mentality so that we can get that information out. And it's not just within the weather department. We're discussing it with management because well, because then I'm sure you're saying, look, this is the news. Yes. Because sometimes weather is the news. Yes. Weather is often the number one reason people watch the news. Not only is it the number one reason, even with the phone in their hand, with weather information in their hand, the top reason that many people still watch local news is for weather. The top reason they choose a particular station is the weather team on that station. And so it's the one thing in the newscast that impacts everybody every day. The news is important, sports is important, but it's the weather that will impact everybody every day. And so they want to know what's up, and it's the it's one of the things. There are several, but it's one of the things that can drive the meter as far as or the, the needle as far as news coverage. And the other thing is just being safe. You know, we want to make sure that we can give you the most up-to-date information to keep you safe. Because one of the things that we still hear after an event, our friends of the Weather Service may go out and talk to people. When the Lafayette tornado happened, Mm -hmm. they went and talked to some of those people. And they said, well, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you take cover? And they said, well, we didn't know it was coming. That's despite the fact we had been advertising at every station in town four or five days out. So we are trying to give them as much information on many platforms as possible to keep them up to date on what's going on. Because knowledge is power and being able to keep you and your family safe when a storm happens. Well, you know, it's kind of like I always say on a plane. If it gets gets really bumpy and people are nervous, sometimes the captain just saying, hey, we're in some turbulence, and that calming voice. I think people underestimate the fact, oh, Leland's there, he's, he's still there, everything's cool. You mm-hmm. know, there's just something about that. Yes. Because whether, um, you know, people have, are, are attracted to other people for different reasons. You've got some probably Leland super fans and other TV stations, but they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you make them feel safe just by being there. And I think people underestimate just seeing you yes. and what can what that can do. It's it's a relationship business. And even though I'm on this box mm-hmm. uh, in the living room, the bathroom, or the kitchen, it's it's still a relationship business. And so they want to turn to someone that they 
feel is going to give them information to, to keep them safe. And that's, that's our mission, to make sure that you've got the information you need so that if it's threatening your home, if it's threatening where you work or where you happen to be at a particular point in time, then you can have the information you need to try to stay safe. And you do have to keep your cool because if they see, you know, oh, my God, Leland's panicking, you know, I mean, you know. No, you're it's right. crazy. Exactly. But- if they see, if they turn to that weather person to get information and stay safe and the weather person's freaking out, then everybody else is going to freak out. So you have to make sure that you are, you are, you are calm. But you do want to get, look, this is urgent. I'm not messing around. Right. Get, get into a closet mm-hmm. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And we're doing what we can to give that information so that, yeah, if, if, if it's around the corner from you, if it's in your neighborhood, here is what's happening right now. Here is what you need to do so that you can stay safe as, until this storm passes you by. Exactly. Don't wait for the Chevy Suburban to fly past your front <laughs> <No>. door. <laughs> All right, we're talking with Leland Statham, the uh, senior meteorologist at Channel 5 in Nashville. And we're going to come back for our final segment with him after these messages from FNM Bank, our sponsor at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Hey, do you need a guide through the ever-changing world of mortgage loans? Let FNM Bank help. Our mortgage loan specialists are trained to guide you through this process. Visit us at myfmbank.com today. FNM will help you start your home buying journey on the right track. Equal housing lender. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and our guest is Leland Statham. He is the senior meteorologist at Channel 5 and on Talk of the Town, and uh, you just won an award. Yeah, I am very honored to have been named the National Weather Association Broadcaster of the Year. And so it is, again, it's a national award. My friend and colleague Henry Rothenberg made the nomination. They get nominations from all over the country, and then the awards committee will go in and compare nominations from that, then make their decision. So I am honored and blessed uh, to be uh, to, to receive this. Uh, it has to be the, the, the biggest award in my career. And it's clearly on your promos now. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bring the thing back and let's take a picture of it. Cause we uh-huh. It's like, wow, I'm all of a sudden on a lot of promos lately. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and and the, I have got to admit, that, and, and I'm awfully proud of that the station has done it, but the station has done a great job promoting it because I am everywhere, and someone will come up and say congratulations. Well, I am so, absolutely sure Lynn yes. and, and your compatriots there are all proud of you yeah. and, uh, and well-deserved. I've got a good team there, and uh, our news director, Sandy Boonstra, our, our vice president and general manager, Lynn Plantinga, have been great to work for and work with, and they've actually been at the station longer than I have. Isn't that amazing? I was going to ask you. It's so interesting. Um, Channel 5 has this thing about that. There just must be, I don't know what it is, but there's not a lot of people, especially in major markets, that stay this long. Mm -hmm. What is it? You know what? I mean, it's literally, you've got to be one in very few of the big markets that has been there this long. You know, there are a host of us, and we've got, uh, you know, there's several people even at my station. For example, Vicki Yates, who does our 6 o'clock news, and uh, Meryl Rose, who is on Talk of the Town with me. They've both been at the station longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Go across the street, Bob Mueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, think Davis Nolan, because actually Davis, is of, of the, the weather people on TV now in Nashville, Davis is the dean of us all, so he's mm-hmm. actually been in the market about 10 years longer than I have. You can sometimes get to a place, and I think we all got to Nashville thinking we would be here for a few years, then family comes into play. And with Nashville, you think, you know what? This isn't a bad place to to, to raise. It's a great place to raise a family. And, you know, you don't just have validation from that from the TV people. 
Think about the sports people. Think about people who've come to town to play with the Titans, and after yes. their career was over with, thought, you know what, I'm going to come back to Nashville to live. And so that's a great testament to what's happening, uh, not just in Nashville, but the surrounding communities. There are a host of former football players who stay in Hendersonville and Sumner County. Yeah. They come out to the taste of Hendersonville. So. This community has a great reputation nationwide. Some don't realize it until they get here and once their playing career is over with, going, you know what? I'm going to raise my family here. Exactly. And I think um, you are a Sumner County resident, and you've been here how long? I have been in Sumner County now for just over, for about 14 years now. And what was it? Because, you know, 14 years ago, it was way different than it is. It was, yes. Now, especially uh-huh. in the southern part of the county. I predate the streets of Indian Lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, you know, what was it? Because it's a tough commute sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, your time of day, it's a lot better. But. Yeah, because I'm, I'm getting up at 2 o'clock. It's tougher on my wife. My wife is a, a, an assistant principal with Metro Nashville School, so mm-hmm. she's got to deal with the commute. We were in the Belshire community, so that's on the north side of Nashville, and we had been out there for about 10 years or so, and we were looking to build the next house. And we looked at different parts of town and just thought, you know what, we, we, we like Hendersonville. It's a great location because we're in the southern part of the county, mm-hmm. so we've got the amenities of the streets of Indian Lake and other parts of Sumner County, but also great access into downtown Nashville. Yeah, And schools, schools were a huge part in mm-hmm. that. My daughter is a graduate of Beach. My son soon, Lord willing, Creek Don't Rise, <laughs> become a graduate of, of Beach. And he went to T.W. Hunter. My daughter went to St. Joseph for, for, for middle school, but he went to T.W. Hunter. So schools were a major role in our decision to move up this way. So what is uh, in store for Leland in the next few years? What, how, do you, how do you see your career heading out? Um, obviously, you're here. You want to be here. You're here for a reason. Until um, the sun sets, or what's the... Yes, I have at least what I hope is at least well over another decade before retirement hits. And I, I, I like what I do. I'm blessed to be able to do what I do. I've got a great setup at News Channel 5. Been very supportive. The community... Sumner County, all over Middle Tennessee and South Central Kentucky, has been very supported uh, supported of me, and I, I love what I do. Family is not well, too far but away. You've also uh, been very accessible. You know, hey, can you MC this? Can you do that? You know, it's not lost on people that you do a lot of those things in Sumner County. It's a it's a two way street. You know, I am asking people to invite me into their homes, and you've got to go out there and you know say, hey, yeah, I, I love doing this or I love doing that. It's a way to make connection with people face-to-face, and that's another great part of, uh, of what I do. And I think, yeah, it plays a role in my success, but you've got to be able to go out there and want to, want to be able to meet people face-to-face. Okay, what's the toughest part? Last couple of questions. What's the toughest part of your gig, and what's the best part? Toughest part, I can't lie, 2 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) But again, I chose that, and so it works well with the family, but that alarm clock going off at 2 o'clock in the morning is just just tough. The the best part is my love for weather goes back to middle school, and so I am able to have a job where they pay me to talk about the weather. So that's great, and it gives me great time to do things with my family and with my church. I am a trustee. Uh, with Lee Chapel AME Church down in Nashville, and I've been a part of that church now for over two decades. And so my job gives me the flexibility to do things with my family and for my church and for the community that I live in. 
Well, Leland, uh, congratulations on your broadcast, National Broadcast Award. Thank you for being a Sumner County resident. Thank you for spending some time with us on uh, Sumner County Spotlight. We appreciated getting to know you a little bit better. Apologize for my ignorance sometimes. We're still we're running so fast here. You know how that can be. Um, I, I, I get it. I, I totally understand. And uh, and we sure appreciate you taking the time because I know you've got a lot of things you got to do. You. So And thanks for keeping everybody safe because it's kind of a big deal. I it appreciate really that. Thank you again for having me out and for being uh, welcoming into your brand new studio here in the streets of Indiana. Yeah, cool. All right, so that is the senior meteorologist at Channel 5, Leland Statham. And Leland, uh, thank you again. And uh, we're going to come back next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for more Sumner County Spotlight. And big thanks out to uh, FNM Bank at myfmbank.com, our sponsor at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. And we will see you again next week on Sumner County Spotlight.